Over the next few weeks, we will be interviewing the authors from the collaborative book, The Grief Experience, Tools for Acceptance, Resilience, and Connection, which is set to release in February of 2024. These authors have each experienced their own unique grief journey and will be sharing their personal stories with us. We will also explore the specific tools they used to cope with their grief and how these tools can benefit others who may be going through similar experiences. Grief is a complex and challenging process, and each person's experience is different. By sharing our stories and tools, we hope to provide support, guidance, and comfort to those navigating their grief journey. Each author has experienced different types of loss and comes from a variety of backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences. As a result, they offer valuable insights and perspectives. We are honored to have them join us on this podcast series and to share their stories and tools with you, our Path 11 podcast listeners. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I am meeting with another person who is a part of this collaborative book that I'm also partaking in called The Grief Experience. And I am going to introduce you to a practitioner that lives all the way out in California, uh, who is doing some amazing work in the world and has also had grief impact her life in some ways. And we're going to learn about what she is going to be uh, writing about in The Grief Experience. And uh, maybe she'll give us a little sneak peek of the tool that she's going to share also in this book. And her name is Brittany Nelson, and she has specialized in working with at-risk youths that have complex trauma and substance abuse for over 16 years. She's currently the program manager of three programs at a nonprofit center with the goal of achieving placement stability for some of the highest needs youth and families in Santa Barbara County. In addition to her nonprofit work, Brittany also has a private practice where she provides more direct care and consultation work. She has presented at a variety of conferences, both locally and across the state of California, and participated in the development of a public service announcement for the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. So, Brittany, welcome to the Path Loving Podcast. Yeah. So what kind of like led you maybe in the beginning to actually go into this work? That's an interesting question. When I went into college, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I took a psychology class and I thought that it was really interesting. And so I decided to go through that line of work. And of course, then once I got into the work, realized that the work is a lot different than classes. But I fell in love with it and really realized that my passion is working with children, working with families. And so that's just where I have developed my career over the years. Awesome. And also, let's just talk about your credentials, too, because I know you had a lot there. So do you want to just let people know what all of your letters are? Because I know your license, well, it's a little bit different in New York State because we call ourselves something different. So why don't you just let people know what your credentials are? 
Yes. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm currently working on getting my clinical, my psychologist license as well. And then I'm also a registered play therapist supervisor. Nice. Very nice. And what made you kind of choose working more with children and adolescents as opposed to adults? I... I don't really know. I think that's just where I just had an idea that I really kind of wanted to work with kids. And then I got into the work and then I've just kind of stayed with the work. I went and I worked with adults for a little while and kind of decided that adults really wasn't the place for me. I do do some work with adults in various capacities, but the majority of the work that I really enjoy is with kids. I like to have fun. I like the play therapy aspect of getting just to play and be really creative in the work that you get to do with children. And that is a piece that I really enjoy and getting to see them kind of grow and develop and just learn new and different things as you're working with them. And so it's just something that's kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I worked with kids for a little while and I think it was more or less to heal my own inner child. And to learn how to play, I kind of worked with adolescents first and I went to children and then like I stuck with adults there on out. So, but, but yeah, I think I did the play therapy as well. And that was a lot of fun. It really kind of invoked my own inner child, which I didn't get a chance to play all that much. So I really enjoyed that, that part of my career too. So I'd love to know a little bit about how did you wind up kind of being one of the 25 authors coming on board to write a chapter in this grief experience. So how did you team up with Kelly or do you know Kelly? And, you know, kind of what what drew you to this to this subject? Did not know Kelly at all before this experience. So I ended up last year, I had a client that I had worked with for a really long time, ended up dying unexpectedly. And so ended up throughout, there's so many, there's so many Facebook groups. So got on Facebook groups looking on how to work with like grief and loss because I was still doing work with the family as well. And throughout that process ended up landing in one of these groups and saw a post from Kelly about the, about the book. And the post kept coming up. I kept looking at it. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. And then one day decided to reach out to Kelly to see more about it. Had a Zoom chat with Kelly over it and then decided one day impulsively, I'm just going to say yes and just commit to the process and just do it. It's definitely something that I haven't done before and decided to challenge myself and do something a little bit different. Yeah. So so this the person that had passed was a client of yours, you had said? Yes. Yeah. And how long had you been working with the client? I had known the client. I'd been working with them on and off and I had known the client for almost 10 years at that point. Wow. That's a long time. So you also had connection with the family as well? Yes. Yeah. And what was the nature of the death? It ended up being an accidental overdose. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's a couple of different things that we could kind of talk about here too, which I don't think a lot of times as a therapist, we really get to talk a lot about what happens when our clients die mm-hmm. and that grief that we have that sometimes can go unrecognized in the outside world. But like here we are, you know, meeting with these people, knowing some of the most intimate details of their lives and holding space for them and caring for them and having this really 
you know, great rapport and relationship. And um, I had a client that had passed away about two years ago. And that also rocked my world. It was just like mm-hmm. a different type of grief and a different type of death. Uh, you know, and I still think, I think about her every day, you know, and mm-hmm. I still have contact with her daughter. But that was, you know, kind of something that you weren't, I wasn't quite anticipating. And you had said yours was also, you know, sudden. So can you talk a little bit about how that impacted you personally as a therapist? Yes. So I remember, you know, it was incredibly unexpected and got notified and really just remember that moment of just sitting there. And it's like, well, what the, it's just like a shock, just like with anybody else that you have had somebody pass away and you just sit there and then realizing I think for me throughout the process, how isolating it is and how alone that it is because realizing like, like you said, through the therapy process, how intimately like you get to know your clients and yet there's really no one for you to grieve with. And that is a big difference versus like when I've had personal losses, you know, you have other people in your life who know them, the friends, the family, and you kind of have this community to grieve with. And then when your clients pass away, there is no community because you are that person who knew them. It's not appropriate to grieve, you know, with their family in that way. And then, you know, you can talk to certain ways, you know, with, you know, other like therapist friends or things like that. But it's just like people don't get it in the same way. Like it's just a completely isolated and different experience and how really how much you grieve very similar to other sorts of losses and yet how alone you feel at the same time. And so I know that that was a challenge in in working in through that. Right. So who did you end up turning to? Did you, you know, go for some of your own therapy or how did you process it with, you know, coworkers in your agency or, you know, how how have you worked through that? So I think for me, I have a good network of just some close friends who are also therapists. And so really getting to kind of process some of that, like in my experience with them and what I'm going through, this client was through a private practice too. And so it wasn't like through oh. the agency okay. that that I work with. And so there was an additional amount of kind of isolation with that as well. But I have another another worker in the private practice that we share who also knew the family as well. And so able to talk with them about it. And then I think just kind of that's a little bit of what the process is about of just giving my per- myself permission to go through the process and not feeling like I have to be this stoic therapist who doesn't feel anything because it was a client. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. And is this the first loss that you've ever encountered in your life? The uh, first death? In just in my life in general or in my work? No. In in life in general? No. No. Okay. All right. So I've had other, I've had other losses. I do feel like this one was probably, I don't even want to say the most traumatic. I've had other ones. My dad passed away of cancer. That one at least, you know, you you knew it was coming. Still very, obviously very traumatic. I've had, had some other people pass away. I think it's just, again, like this is just different. Well, and then this one was also, it was a teenager. And so there's also some other, you know, health 
how short life can be. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what what is the tool that you're thinking about using in the book? Or are you primarily focusing on grief and loss, like through the therapy process, like writing this as a chapter for clinicians that might experience the death of a patient? Or is yours something a little bit different? So my chapter in the book is, yes, is talking about like the grief and loss process as a therapist and kind of like what what we go through, kind of letting go of any biases or all of those shoulds we think that that we have or those we shouldn't do this or we should do that because we're a therapist and they're our client. And then the tools that I'm using are some tools from EMDR, which are really like some kind of containment strategies. And so how, because as therapists, you know, we still, you know, we're still required to go through outer work. And like you said, you said you still kind of think about your client every day. And so I still have reminders of my client that pop up for me when I'm at my office and I'm seeing other clients. And so in those moments, how do I use those specific tools to kind of contain my feelings, to keep them in check during those times so that I can experience them at times that are more appropriate? Yeah, my my client, as she was passing, I was able to, you know, see her and go to her home, you know, so it was pretty close with the family and, you know, knew her children and her daughter, you know, very well. And because, my gosh, I mean, I knew her. She was probably in therapy with me close to 10 years as well. Mm-hmm. And before she had passed, she had given me this bag that says, we rise by lifting others. And so every so often, I will randomly see that. Like I was in Michael's craft store last month or something. And I saw the sticker of it. You know, I, I was going through like the sticker book for crafts. And all of a sudden I see we rise by listing others. I was like, oh, there she is. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, our podcast too is a lot about spirituality after death communication, you know, does life go on after this? You know, what, what happens when people die? Where do they go? You know, those are kind of the questions that our podcast tries to answer in interviewing people. So I have had a lot of signs like that from her as well. And when I get those, I'll send that off to, you know, her daughter and just say, hey, I think mom's saying hi today because her daughter also shares some of those same, I guess, mystical views or or whatever. And I have found those to be, you know, very comforting. Ha- have you had any type of spiritual experiences like that or feeling like your your client may have contacted you in spirit or sends you little messages or like you said, things will kind of pop up in other sessions? Let me think if I have any, I think I just get funny little, just funny reminders. She was so funny. And we, and we already, and we always had like this funny, sarcastic little like banter between the two of us, especially when she got into her teenage years. So some of those things just pop up sometimes. Like, and I just think of those funny, funny little things she used to do. And I think there's just different ways too. I still have, I still work with one of the siblings. And so I do get to see a lot of that client through the sibling too. And so that's one of the, some of the funny, some of the funny things me and the sibling share are like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like your sister used to do the same thing, like (laughs) the same exact thing. And so we're able to share some of those moments as well. So I do kind of see those glimpses of her like come through with her sibling as well in those moments. 
And were you able to attend any services? Did you choose to go, to not go? Was that an option? So that was something, and it's something that I actually write about in my thing, in in my chapter, is that so I wanted to go. Of course, I wanted to go as a part of the of kind of like my own process. And the family did not reach out and invite me. And of course, it's not my place to be like, hey, can I come to this? So that was something that was kind of like a part of my process as well, because I do feel like, okay, that piece, you know, I mean, that's kind of the one of the symbolic things of services is to kind of go and to get that closure. And so like, would that have been something that would have helped that would have supported? But of course, like the family is going through their own grief and their own things. So there's no expectations that the family is supposed to reach out and to invite me to their to their process as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So is there something that you have been able to do to bring even a ceremony to yourself, you know, with, with this client, you know, is there any, you know, anything that you, not, not, not saying that we ever truly ever get closure, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, per se, but something that could, you know, help you either have your own little ceremony for her or do something. Is there anything that you've done to help you with that? I think for me, that's a little bit about what me writing this chapter is about. It's about me kind of talking through that process and my process and kind of getting that that closure piece for myself. Right. Yeah. Nice. And and then with your dad passing, you know, from from cancer, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about how that impacted you as well? Because I I think sometimes people forget that therapists are humans and Mm -hmm. like we experience everything that our clients also experience for the most part. You know, it's like, you know, death will hit us as well. And, you know, we could have troubling relationships within our own families and, you know, with friends or coworkers and things like that. And sometimes I think it's good to normalize a little bit that some of the struggles that we go through and, you know, can go through. So I'm sure when you were probably maybe even writing this chapter, having this client, you know, pass that sometimes if we had grief that happened prior to, it can still bring some of that stuff up. So, you know, I guess my question would be, you know, as it's learning about your client's passing, did some of the grief around your dad also come up as a result of that? I think what comes up is just, it's just a lot of, and if that, lack of control of things that we have over and I think that's a hard part of the therapist thing too is we go in and you know we're like okay we're here we're here to work you know we we want to do things to I mean I think our goal is to help like fix things even though we know we're not there like we can't really fix things you know it's all in the clients to fix things and then when these sorts of grief and loss things happen like we realize that we don't really have a whole lot of control over things and then to just reminders of how much we need to really kind of like live in the moment in each day and not take different things for granted And so trying to figure out how to, like, how do we do that in our daily life when we also have to work and we have all of these other tasks that we have to do? How do we integrate making sure that we're taking time to to just celebrate life each and every day? Right. Yeah, I think 
I think death, def- death definitely has a way to kind of pop us back into the present moment pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes life can feel so fresh and so raw and so alive in those, you know, moments. And then, you know, sometimes once life kind of starts to th- go back to normal again, I feel like you can mm-hmm. kind of forget a little bit about that or get really wrapped up in life mm-hmm. again and kind of forget about how precious that present moment is. But Yes, I think death is one of our best teachers of reminding us how precious time is, for sure. So your private practice, you know, we have listeners in California, absolutely. So is your private practice also in Santa Barbara County or are you located somewhere else? It's also in Santa Barbara County, yes. Okay. And what are you specializing in your private practice? What kind of um, help are you giving others? Generally in my private practice, it's still a lot with children teenagers have a couple of adults, but mostly it's with children and teens doing a lot of play therapy. Uh, A lot of it has to do with still less of the significant like trauma and the complex trauma, but trauma, anxiety, ADHD, those kinds of those kinds of behaviors. Yeah. And do you want to give a plug for your private practice where you're located? So if people are listening to this podcast and maybe it's a parent, they say, oh my gosh, yes, I'm looking for somebody, you know, for my teenager or for my child that, you know, would you like to let people know where you're located? Yes. My private practice is located in Lompoc, California. Okay, great. And do you accept health insurance or is it private pay? Both. Both. All right. Very good. And is there a website at all that people could go to? I actually do not have a website. Okay. So how would people find you? They just Google your name or are you on psychology today or? They can just Google my name. Yes. They can Google my name. They can look it up on their health insurance to see if I'm actually on their insurance panel as well. Yes. Okay. And last question, but not least, do you have any openings? Because I know therapists that are working with children and adolescents here in New York are so full. (laughs) It's very hard to find somebody with that that is. Yes, that is definitely the the thing that we are finding um, that all of us are impacted out here. And no, currently, I do not have any openings. It's the same thing out here. We're all very impacted, but we do try to see amongst kind of our, our group of people if there's anybody who is accepting anybody. All right. Well, good to know. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the Path Love and Podcast. And sharing with us a little bit about who you are and uh, your experience with loss as a therapist. I really appreciate the fact that there's going to be a chapter in this book about that um, because I think it needs to be talked about, you know, even more. And I think people will find it a really helpful resource, especially if they are a clinician and they pick this book up. So I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And we will put Brittany's information in the show show notes if you live out there in uh, California close to her. Even though she's booked, you never know. You can just kind of keep calling her and seeing if there's ever openings or maybe they'll give a referral. And so I hope you're all doing well. Thanks again, like I said, for tuning in and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com 
and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.